0: Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. Let us find mercy, Lord. We're looking for mercy. It's always here. Let us find it, Lord. And grace to help us in our time of need. We honor you. We love you. We turn this time over to you, Lord. You are welcome here to do what you want to do among your people. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going to continue talking on our subject from last Last week, we talked about how to unshackle your faith. Faith, you need to understand, is a a very powerful weapon of warfare. If faith is essential for life, supernatural life in God... Brother Ronnie, you looking mighty dapper sitting up there on the, I looked up on the front row I said, who is that with all them shiny shoes on and such? Very, very nice out, not that you don't always, but it's, uh, it's very fetching. I tell Miss Vicky, don't let you fetch so much, Wayne. <laughs> Cut down on the fetch a little bit, huh? No, amen. But you look very nice, Mr. Ronnie. Always. You always do. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. So we're going to talk about how to unshackle your faith. Amen. Because faith is really like a, um, it's explosive. It is very, very powerful in the realm of the spirit. And so that, for that reason, it is shackled all the time. Now you gotta understand that about faith. It is not just roaming around, uh, loose everywhere. There are things you have to do to unshackle it or loose it. So when you think about your faith, uh, being tied down, that's God's plan. Amen. That is part of God's plan. You, you just can't, have it loose to where every word that you say is activated and comes to pass immediately. There would, God has to find a way to control this, amen, uh, because he is dealing with fallen humanity. We're learning the ways of God, and while you're learning God's ways, you have to unlearn some other ones. Because he can't put his supernatural faith on your carnal thoughts, wishes, and desires. Your life would be a disaster. So what we are doing is we are learning how to put our faith in operation. And I think this is what kind of confounds many people because if you look at some of our examples in the Word of God, you, if you follow the life of certain people, you'll notice that they are, they go through uh, situations, they go through uh, life experiences, Uh, they have ups and they have downs, but they eventually get to the finish line and that's all we can say as they got to the finish line but if you look at their experiences in between you will see many similarities between your situation and their situation uh, which we call life then when you start to examine Jesus in the ministry of Jesus we get this this glimpse of the glory of God that is unshackled and unhindered And so our lives are going to have to be a mix of the two. They're going to have to be a mix of people that we see in the Bible and how they walk by faith and live for God and finally reach their destination. And then there's this this episode in there, this interlude in our lives, where we have uh, some very, very dynamic and instant manifestations of the glory of God. So we get a mixture of the two. You have a normal life in God where you live by faith. You trust God every step of the way, and it's a pretty tame life. And then interspersed in that are these episodes of, of explosive faith results where you see the dynamic glory of God manifest in your life. So we need both. You need to be able to walk with God every day in peace, harmony, Getting along with people as much as you can. Allowing yourself to obey God's rules, all of that. And then there's this other aspect of it that you have access to when you need it. And, and there, there are explosive things in our lives that are happening all the time. Where your faith finally ripens to the point where it begins to materialize and manifest the things that you're believing God for. And, and we have to learn how to live in this dimension with God. We've got to learn how to live and be peaceful about it. I have a normal life as a Christian human being, walking by faith and learning life in the Spirit. And then I have this life in God there where my faith can trigger some very phenomenal things. Amen? We need them both you need to to get beyond just living you know for how you know, i got a job and i got got a house and i got a car and i got bills and i got this and i got that you know anybody can live like that but can you live in the supernatural dimension of god where things happen dynamically there 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 are some happenings that that god wants to release in our lives that are very very powerful and when that 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 dunamis power of god is needed it's there and you know you have access to it you go to visit a sick friend and they're in pain and your compassion wells up in you you know you know i know we're used to telling people you'd be okay as patting them on the back and all but you need to stop doing that there's more to you than than a pat on the back and a a a a lie that's where it is, because if you're not speaking God's truth over the situation, it is fake it's false, it's a lie. you don't tell people it's going to be better. you got dynamite inside of you. It's better now. you need to let God prove it to him. Amen, you need to step out of your comfort zone and step out of that place of not really caring, looking like you care. You know what that is? That's that's what we did as sinners. We had to pretend everything. You pretended you cared about people when they were sick. And and they just need to quit complaining. If they hadn't done so and so, they wouldn't be laying up there in that bed. huh? That's the old man. That's the old life. We've stepped out of that. We've stepped into the new. You need to go in there and say, God, if there's an anointing and a word from you that I could give this people person, please give it to me. I know you want to help them. You ever said that to yourself? I know, God, God, I know you're sending me. You're going to do something for this person because that's why you sent me here. This is the attitude you have as a believer, folks, because you have that in you. It's just you're not aware of it all the time. You got me? You got power inside of you. You got dynamite inside of you. You got enough dynamite in you to blow up every sickness you walk into. And every. Malfunction you see. You blow that stuff up. You don't, we don't have to live like mere human beings. And, and be more aware of it. You know, if God t- tells you to go visit a friend, forget the flowers. If you don't have a healing for them, them flowers, you, and <laughs> I'm not gonna say that, but y'all know what I'm thinking. You can always give flowers because if they don't get healed, you gonna get them flowers anyway. You understand what I'm saying? They're going to be funeral flowers instead of get well flowers. I'd much rather see somebody coming in power to get me out that bed than a card and flowers. I mean, that's the old life. And I'm not a mean person. Dad, she don't even give them flowers in a card. No, I don't. I give them Jesus. Get them out that bed today. They start collecting stuff. They'll be in there forever. <laughs> you ever seen them sick collectors in the hospital? Well, yeah, I got that. It's got dust on it already. You know they've been there for a while. You understand what I'm saying. Let's get beyond that. Let's go and do something people really want. They came in there to get well. Go take them well. Take them Jesus the healer who lives inside of you. But we gotta learn how to release this power and how to rely on the fact that it's residing in you. It's in you. You gotta learn how to release it. So this is what we're talking about when we talk about unshackling your faith. Amen? It's, it's tied down by divine design, but then there's some other things that will tie it down as well. Amen. So so you gotta understand that God shackles it and it's in and under God's direction it's released properly. You've got to make sure you're not shackling it by your attitude about it, your unbelief, your doubt, your all that stuff. You get you out of the way, and then it's free to be released by God's command. So when God does things, say, for instance, if I just don't think God is going to heal this person for whatever reason, you have your faith shackled. That's you doing that. You let go of your shackles first. You take all of that off. God, I believe if you're sending me here, you're sending me here with a healing for this person. Because this is where how you sent Jesus everywhere. Amen. And he told us to go and do exactly what he would do in every situation. So you unshackle, you take your tie-downs off of it. Get rid of your unbelief, your doubt, your fear. All the things that tie it down that are human. Take them, you take them off. Once you take off your stuff, then God is free to release it. As you begin to obey him, and and he gives us instructions how to release it properly once you've got you out of the way. See, your opinion about who you're praying for means nothing. It really doesn't. In fact, you shouldn't have one. We should be over that stuff a long time ago. Amen? And just allow God to move. Allow him to do what he needs to do. So, so last week we started out talking about faith being without corresponding action or faith without works is dead. That's in James chapter 2 and verse 17. He says, but without work, faith is dead being alone. So you get this impression that your faith needs company. So, so when your faith is by itself, that means it, it hasn't been, it's, it's shackled. God's got it shackled until you add certain elements to it so that it can come alive and it can do what it's supposed to do. And so he gives us instruction for what needs to be added to our faith. So James says in 2.17, he says, uh, without even so faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. Amen. So what what I do is when I see this, I get the impression of a stick of dynamite with a charge attached to it. That's just sitting there waiting for somebody to strike a match and set fire to that charge so it can go off. Amen. That's your faith all the time. All the time it's sitting there waiting for you to strike something to make it come alive. Amen. And it's there, it's that way for a reason. Because it would hurt your life if it were active all the time. You wouldn't know what was going on because it's beyond human comprehension. So God has it alone by itself needing a helper for your protection. Also for your future use. Because you know that your faith is there and it can be activated anytime you find the work that you need to apply to it to make it come alive. Amen. And so without works, it is dead being alone. So what it means is that it lies in your spirit in a dormant fashion, waiting for the conditions to be right for it to come alive and produce what God wants it to produce. So what we need to do is start understanding how to add the corresponding action to our faith. When you need something from God, what's the first thing that you add to your faith? How do you put it? How do you take it from being alone to add a work to it to make it come alive? What's the first work that you do to your faith to make it come alive? Huh? You got to speak it. Amen. So it comes alive first by your voice. Amen. By your speaking. Faith. And to be honest with you, where it comes alive first is your inner voice. Come on now. Or your kids would be crazy, no good parents. I mean, uh, 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 idiots, huh? Would be all of them. Your poor kids be so crazy and so mixed up, they wouldn't know what they are from day to day. Which is funny, but not funny because that's what's happening with Center kids in the world. They a different gender every day. They just get what they hear and pick that up. See, they have no inner, inner virtue in there to say yes or no to stuff. It's whatever sounds good. Somebody told me I'm this and this is what I am. It's a very sad state of affairs. But, but before you speak something, you have to make a decision inside of you to say it, right? So really your inner voice, Is where you pick up faith the first time. Write that down. Because that's very important. Because we got people running around here thinking just their confession is going to get them to be a millionaire. Huh? Then we got the most people have tried it and they see it don't work and then they get discouraged with it. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you got a, a parrot that says Polly want a cracker. That don't make him an intelligent being. That just makes him somebody that can repeat what he hears. Amen. It doesn't mean he has faith to bring it to, to, to pass. He'll be saying that until he get that cracker or don't get it. You see, it won't produce anything. It's not guaranteed to produce anything. But what we call the Rama word, that word that you have Meditated on, germinated, and mix your faith with it. So it's an inner voice of mixing your faith with what you hear. Once you mix your faith with what you hear and you speak it, pray it, declare it, decree it, however your faith tells you to say it, that's when it starts. It comes alive for the first time through your voice. That's why we'll, we'll repeat the word over and over to ourselves. What are you doing? You're meditating, you're muttering, you're hiding it in your heart, you're holding on to it. This is how we hold on to things. Amen? It's just true. You have to, to possess them with your words. You have to release faith in, by your voice with your word before God will, can pick it up and have something to manifest amen amen and, and and God is is such a good God that he often will will cause to manifest things that are desires of our hearts, whether we speak them or not. It's more powerful you ever see people who are deaf and dumb. God's not keeping them outside of the covenant because they can't talk. They talk on the inside. Their heart fills with desire for things. How do you think people in comas come out of them? Amen. They've got faith that they they had faith that they was going to get well before the devil tried to kill them with that coma. And it's still active on the inside of them. There's a due season for everything. Every seed that's planted by faith. Faith is believing, and then it's activated by your confession, by your word, either through prayer, asking God for it, seeking God for it, thanking God for it, declaring God, I believe I received it when I prayed. I believe the one time I asked you for that, that I had it ever since then, and I'm going to add to my faith the other things that need to be added to it so that it could come to pass. See, people people have erroneously thought that once you pray and confess something, that's all you need to do. But there are other things that your faith needs to make it produce and to keep it alive. So when you talk about unshackling your faith, it adds, it needs, it's alone when, before you add works to it. But then there are other things that you must add to it to perfect it, to strengthen it. To make sure that your crop doesn 't die on the vine, so to speak, it, it takes some effort. This is a life of faith it 's a walk of faith and it 's a a uh, continual action on your part on purpose, tending your garden, understanding what God is doing in your life, and adding to your faith things that that will will cause your faith to produce more and more. You want everything in you to produce to the maximum. You don't want to just stay in a baby stage of receiving all your life, waiting forever, begging for a prayer of agreement, wondering what's going on. No, you. there are things you add to your faith that will cause it to be foolproof, that will cause it to produce, period, all the time. You can do it. If Brother Hagen can do it, you can do it. Most of us have much more education than he had. He said, "I went to school on on odd days, and my brother went on even days. They had one pair of shoes or something. You understand what I'm saying?" He said, "That's the way you went to school in the country, and God mostly taught him. He taught himself what he knows, and he knows the important stuff. He knows the Bible." Amen, and so and he knows God, and so so this is how God works with us. He works with what we have, but you don't need to be a scholarly person to to know things in God. And because you know some scripture, that don't make you a a, a, a expert on everything. Amen. You you need to add to that some character and stuff. So so I wrote here. I'm going to read you from from my notes. Faith is a spiritual dynamite that needs a light or match to ignite it. That is our works. So our first works are our words. From our meditation, our inner resolve to have that, you have to decide you want what you're talking about. I'm going to tell you that's another problem with religion. People are talking stuff. They don't know what they're talking. They don't want half of it. You know, If they stopped and listened to themselves talk, they'd say, well, what am I talking about? I don't want that. Do you understand what I'm saying? I didn't really mean that. What am I doing? You're just repeating what you hear other people say because that's what religion does. It doesn't take anything on the inside. It doesn't make that word yours. It doesn't think about that word off and on all day long. It doesn't nurture it. It doesn't, doesn't possess it. You possess by what you think. You possess by what, how you, what you desire. What you hear, what you desire, it's it it becomes a part of you, and so you have to own these things before God will give them to you. Many people don't want to add, don't want to possess the things they're they're talking about because they they're shame attached to it. They're afraid they won't get it. If you're scared you won't get something, you won't talk about it. You won't claim it. You won't go around thanking God for it. Yeah, every time you think about it, you think, wow, I don't know if I can have that. You know, you kind of put your, you have that little inner person in there that sticks his head down when you think about wonderful stuff. Well, starve him. Go choke him. Give him a funeral. Put him in a coffin and tap dance on it because he's a dead man as far as you're concerned. Whereas you're not going to let that thing, that that shame and that that unbelief, not believing it's too wonderful for God to give to you of all people. And this Bible is written to whosoever's. Amen. That's you. So you qualify. What qualifies you is your faith. That's what qualifies you is. You believe God for it. Amen. So we're to add things to our faith. That faith without works by itself is it it needs some help. And so there were the things that we add are added. Because uh, we we need the things that that God God adds to our faith. You just can't. See this this is what keeps you from from being a robber in God's house. This is what keeps you from being a thief in God's house. God will hold up some things because you're not adding the right things to the mixture. It's like if you're you're making you make Kool Aid by feel. You know what I mean. You know it takes two cups of sugar. You don't want to put all that sugar in there because the bag almost empty. So you put a cup in there and a little bit and keep tasting it. Well, it ain't sweet enough and you know what it's going to take. See, this is somehow sometimes what we do with our faith. We add one little bit and see if God going to bless us on that little bit and we can keep holding back. I can't put all of that. I can't do all of that, God. Of course you can. God will have me commit to certain things just because he wants me to do it. And he knows when I go back and read my note or go to follow up on us, I can't believe I told him I was going to do this. You understand what I'm saying? Well, your inner man knows you can do it. And you need to commit. You need you need all the more to commit to stuff because your flesh still don't want it. It's still dragging around, trying to keep you from living in the fullness of what God has for you. So you need to go ahead and commit. You need to go ahead and, and, and do what, what your spirit man says to do. Because then you'll reap your harvest. But if you delay sowing that seed, man, oh, man, talk about the seeds we nurse and never plant. Come on now. And it's still seed. It's not doing you any good. You can't eat it. How many birds do we have out there to live off seeds? That ain't you. You gotta live off a of harvest, you gotta sow that seed. So so we need to add things to our faith. In in 2 Peter one and verse five, you look there, it tells you what your faith needs. Okay, it needs works. James told us that because it was by itself, but then Peter flips over and tells us some other stuff it needs. And you think, oh boy, I didn't know all of this. Amen. And it says uh second Peter. Like I said, he says, besides this, giving all diligence. So first thing you got to be is diligent about this. You got to be studious. You can't grab a scripture and run and think you got the whole thing. Welcome to real life. Nobody lives off one. John three sixteen only gets you saved. Do you understand what I'm saying? You got to add more to that in order to live like a saved person. And so here he says, Besides this, giving all diligence. In other words, don't just do this one time. Don't just add stuff one time. Be diligent about it. Look to add to your faith. In other words, amen? Keep your eye out for things that you can add to your faith. Allow your faith to, to dominate your life, but you got to support it and nurture it and feed it with other virtues. Other, other uh, spiritual forces. And put pull some more stuff into this, Amen. It's, it's like, uh, uh, you know, getting dressed. Um, uh, you know, putting on an outfit or you know, for a special occasion. That's that's what God is. You know, you you start out with the little black dress. You know, as they all say. You know, everybody tells you that got that much, but then you accessorize it. You can't go barefoot. And if you go on someplace where important people gonna be, you gotta put some some type of hose on, amen. And before you put the the little black dress on, got make sure you punching all the bulges and creases and all that. Gotta have something to hold it all down. You can explode later when you get home when you release yourself. But if you go get out in front of this, it may be a one shot deal for this important crowd. You gotta make sure you. Huh? And, and everybody inside of that harness is happy. So you can sit through a meal and shake some hands and smile at people. Amen. I don't care if you can't wipe the smile off. At least you smiling instead of frowning. Amen. And, uh, and, and, and so, and then you accessorize from there. Earrings, necklace, bracelet. Maybe a jacket to go on, a belt or something like that. So faith is like that. It needs helpers to pump it up and make it presentable to God. You're trying to present yourself to the Lord. So you're going to add as many things. You don't want to get up there to the throne room and find you lacking on something that you should have added to it. But God was so merciful, he'll let you, he'll point that out to you. He said, you know what? You would look so wonderful if you would wear that nice little belt I bought you with that thing. Go back and put that on. Amen? Those are the things you add to your faith. To make it more presentable in the throne room. To make God more pleased with what you're doing. To let him see you're not trying to cut corners and slick him out of something. Like you can do that. I mean, we think we can. We think, it, I got my confession straight. Well, you got to have more than that, sweetheart. Go back to the drawing board. And get something to go with that. Because that ain't making it. Amen? It's like, you know, we ain't on no diet around here. We want to embellish everything. We ain't cutting corners. We we want the, you know, it's like the difference between, you know, I, it's like I'll try to slide up to, you know, it's supposed to be low-carb lifestyle. And what are you doing in the ice cream? line on your low carb lifestyle well no i'm just having a plain cone a small plain cone and i might not even eat the cone i just needed to hold on to something chomp i ain't eating this cone that's just for me to hold on to my ikeen my little bit of ikeen you know you run up there and you get that little cone and you know you want a banana split Huh? but you know they find you in the back seat of your your truck with a, in a, a sugar coma if you get all that. So you're like, I just have my little cone. Well, God wants you to have banana split faith every time you come in the throne room, all decked out, all the bells and whistles, all the dings, all the everything it needs. So until you understand that you have to add things to your faith, you're going to be frustrated just making that confession all the time. Not that the confession is bad. But many times we have to spend a great deal of time with just the knowledge of just a confession, bringing it to pass. Because as time passes, we wonder why it's taken so long. Been there? definitely. And what's taken so long is there's some things need to be added. God is adding them adding to that even though we may not be doing it knowingly. Never you have your faith just pop up and do great things one day and you don't have a clue how it happened. We call it a faith accident. We call it a miracle. We call it, I'm glad I got it. I hope God knows it's me that's got it and don't take it back before he sent me running off with it. In case it was meant for somebody else, somebody more diligent, amen. All that kind of stuff. We live like that. But as time has gone on, in walking with God, unknowingly we have added some of these things to our faith. Because you cannot cheat this system. It's got to be added. So many times they're added to our faith. And then maybe down the road God will take you to this scripture. And you start reading it and you say, Oh, that's how that works. Oh, that's why every time I would add do this also, I would start getting closer to it, or it would pop right then when I did so-and-so. This is how that happened. And see, I always encourage people to examine your miracle. Look at it and find out, what did I do that helped get this thing across the finish line that I wasn't doing before? And how can I start adding that and doing it on purpose now? So that I won't have to live perplexed and, and wait for so long or, or think, get fatigued and want to quit and all go through all that emotional stuff when I don't have to. And I can just gracefully believe God and expect things to happen and they happen just like that. So we need to know these things. That's why we study. We need to know. You, you don't have to be just shooting in the dark and hoping something falls out of the tree. You know, do the shotgun approach. You can be targeted in what you're doing in God. And so when faith, when we talk about adding to our faith, first thing it says, diligence is the first thing we do. We got to be diligent. And diligence really means that you put your whole soul, mind, body, spirit, everything, put everything into it. And you stay with it. You stay consistent. You're hard after it. You're not distracted. You stay on it. See, what, when I see people get distracted easily and quit on their faith project, that lets me know that they don't really believe to begin with. Because once you believe God for something, you don't quit. Faith won't let you quit. Real, the faith of God won't let you quit on what you're doing. So the, And this is why we see people with empty seats. You know you see where people used to, you thought they was believing God like you were they weren't believing nothing. they were just going along shouting when they supposed to shout, put in the offering when they' supposed to put in, do all the right things, but their hearts were never and they never believed they didn't mix the word with faith as the Bible says you gotta you gotta believe when you read the Bible, you say, God, if I don't believe nothing else, let me believe this. I'm deciding to believe this." This is your word. You don't lie. I'm believing this. Now everybody can quote that scripture, but very few people will act like it in real life. Because the minute something else pops up, they believe that instead of believing God's word. It's true. You believe anything besides, you know why it's so hard for us to believe God's word? We have no idea how it's going to happen. It Most of it looks too fantastic to us. At some point, the word of God is going to look impossible to happen for you, to you. And this is why you've got to see that if you believe it, there's a way to get it to happen for you. And you don't have to go away empty handed and say it didn't work or I was mistaken or I tried that faith stuff. You ever heard people say that kind of stuff? Oh, I tried that. That don't work. They'll tell you. When you you start telling them what you believe in, you believe in God to heal your body. Oh, I know some people who used to pray like that. That don't work. There's The churches are full of them. They'll sneak up to you. You don't even know them people. And they'll just engage you in a conversation. And pretty soon they done pulled your teeth out. Got you to take your wig off. Pull your, your high heels off. They stripped you naked of everything you thought you believed in just in one conversation some of them are good at it amen so from such turn away that's all i can say about them people but you know we'll have nobody like that left around all the unbelieving people are gone i tell you right now they're gone from most churches people who are holding out now are definitely in faith Cause it takes faith to hold on in difficult times. Amen. So that's what's going on now. So God's getting us down to what we believe, folks, whether you see it or not, it's happening. So we said faith needs helpers and, and first, second Peter tells you what they are. First one is diligence. That means to stay with it, to put everything you've got into it. If there's another, uh, 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 hour of listening to a tape you can do, do it. If there's another, uh, uh, time of worshiping, praying in tongues, do it. If there, that's diligence. That means that you are invested in it. You're not gonna come away empty handed. Diligence will get the goods. Always. Always. You, you see them stick to it, people, that don't quit, don't give up. They, they'll, they'll come away with the goods. And people will tell you that's the only thing. They'll, they call it perseverance. They call it faithfulness. There are many, but there's something in it. It's an inner strength that causes you to stay with something, and you don't care what it looks like on the outside. They can wave every little shiny thing in front of you, and you're not moved. You stay with the program because you know it works. You know it works because God said it. And that's all you need to know. See, you see what I'm saying? You know it. See, people try to rely on other things to know stuff works. I know it works because last time I needed some, goddamn, there. Well, you know, that's fine. But you're waiting a long time for this one. See, I can throw doubt in there on you anytime I want to. If you're dealing with experience, you can't go by experience all the time because we've all had good and bad in that that boat you got to go strictly by God said it, and his word is true, and he's not lying to me, and I believe what he said. And it will come to pass. It's just that simple. And see, the enemy will try and rob us of that, get you to look at other things that you think are, I know he's going to do it. Why? Well, because, you know, uh, uh, uh yeah, because his word says he's going to do it. And that's all you need. You just need his word. So make sure the bottom line at the end of the day, when you go to bed at night and you've had doubt, unbelief and discouragement and everything going through your head, you say, you know what, God, I'm going to go to bed resting on the fact that you said it. And that's all I need to know. You're going to do this for me because you do it for everybody. You're no respecter of persons. And my sins are forgiven. Even that person you just told off, go apologize. Go apologize first. Don't assume you just, well, my sins are forgiven. You ain't, you ain't done what you need to do to get them forgiven. You know, be an upright person. Don't be a thief and a sneak all your life. God's trying to get that out of us, folks. The blood gives you enough strength to face any wrongdoing you've done and know that God will forgive you if you confess it and ask forgiveness. Yeah, yeah, but I keep doing it over. Well, quit! (laughs) Quit doing it. You wouldn't have that problem. (laughs) And don't say you can't because you can. Mm. Oh, okay. All right, so moving right along, so then the other thing that you add, according to second Peter is virtue. virtue really is a um that word it's it says the way it's defined it says manly courage amen, manly courage and and when I think about that, it's what well, you may think physical strength. But women can have manly courage too in fact, some of your best intercessors are females, whether you know it or not even if if their husbands are up front front ministers, somebody's got to be praying for that man. so manly courage really means the same courage that a man a man has courage to cover the whole household. He's the final responsible one that's the kind of courage men have. You got me? Why women try to take that away from them, I don't know. Well, you know what? I am going to go. Poppy, I'm leaving. You Disconnect me. Go into the why. Go into the why. He won't do what you tell him to do. He's not supposed to. You ain't his boss. He's not your boss either. God is the boss of both of you. But there is an order and there is a difference between men and women. Don't take his difference away from him. And men, don't try to push her up front to do your job. You understand what I'm saying? You, Your strength covers your virtue, covers the whole household. You got me? And and women can adopt that so that their knowledge and their power in the spirit can cover the whole household. That's a godly thing. There's no male or female in Christ. But in men it comes naturally. And so when they say manly strength, what they mean is a strength to cover every situation that will ever come up in the household. You can get that from God, male or female you can get it. Amen. And so this is, this is what virtue means. It means that you have a courage that can cover every, in other words, the God, with the God you serve, nothing is impossible. God makes you fearless in the face of any enemy that you ever would come across. So you've got to add that to your faith. You've got to add fearlessness to your faith. You've got to add a moral strength to your faith where it doesn't compromise because the situation looks bad. Amen. It doesn't shrink back. That's what virtue is. It will not let you shrink back even when situations change. You know how you, you can be praying for God to send you a, a, a new vehicle and you know it takes so much money. Amen. And then you you have another emergency come up and you see that amount of money looking like a whole lot now that you've had this. You understand what? Well, your faith is still there. Your faith can still believe it's going to come. It don't care about what just popped up over here. Don't you think God knew that was going to pop up before you start praying for it? So So virtue is that. It's set in your face like a flint and say, Oh, okay, devil, you got me that time. That was a little sore, but I'm sticking my other jaw out there. You got me? I'm still going forward. You're not stopping me. So f- and when you add to faith, faith is believing God's word. Then you prop it up or support it with diligently. Seeking virtue, moral strength, not weakening, not giving up, not looking at circumstances and say, oh boy, it's looking bad. Or go to the doctor and they, you, you take a test and your test comes back not good. You got me? You're not wavering. Your, your virtue will keep you standing strong, even though you might, your knees might be knocking together, but something inside of you is saying, this ain't no thing. God still got this. you still healed. You don't care what they just told you. You were healed before you got saved. You just heard about it when you heard the gospel. Salvation came with your, your healing came with your salvation package. You've been healed all these years. You've been walking with God. Think about it. You ever been sick? Sickness, the first time it comes up after you've been saved. I remember when, when we were new Christians, we never been, nobody in the ministry ever got sick. When we would have altar calls, it was always people, you know, that we invited or somebody like that. But we all walked in divine health. Amen. You know, and as you walk, you get tested. Your faith gets tested in things. But you're healed when you're feeling good and you're healed when you're not feeling good. You're still healed. Heal, healing is spiritual. It's a supernatural dynamic force. It's not something that leaves with a a test report. You got me? Your healing, your healing didn't get scared of what was on that paper or them numbers on that paper. Your healing is there. You gotta make yourself more aware of what's on the inside of you than what them papers are showing, what them numbers say. Amen? You can, you can beat anything with your faith. So your faith needs a helper, it needs virtue, it needs what they call, the what uh, they refer to as manly strength, which is a moral strength that covers the whole household, or covers the whole situation, or is able to meet any adverse situation. You got me? And so... Moral strength means that you know it's your responsibility to stand strong even in the face of negative report. It's your responsibility to do that. It's not up to God now. You say, oh God, it's not working. What's wrong with me? You better straighten up. Get your virtue together. Amen. Because it is there. It's on the inside of you. You just need to start putting it forward. You tell yourself, I'm not moved by this. See, that's virtue. That's how virtue talks. I'm not moved by that. I'm not wavering. I'm still healed. That's virtue talking. That's not just faith. Faith is by his stripes I'm healed. But now faith has met an obstacle. That's a negative lab report. What do you call? Well, who do you call? Who are you going to call? You're going to call virtue. Because virtue says you're still healed. Amen. And you got to have that because you keep quoting by his stripes, your heel, you're going to get your tongue going to get dry. So you need something to go along with that by his stripes, your heel. You need a punctuation mark behind it, period. Amen. And in the conversation. So add to it virtue. That is a virtue is is what Noah had. I'll tell you what virtue is. Cause it will put you in opposition to everybody who's quoting scripture. And, or the decree and declare people. See, virtue will put you in opposition to them. Do you know what that means? That means when they waver and they quit, you're still standing. To so your confession holds because you're, it's being held up by something stronger than just your words. Amen? So it, oh, I decree and declare. No, don't put that over my life. You do that little stuff over your life. You ain't declaring nothing over me. I'm just real sorry. Take care of your own little business. You'll never see them give a testimony or nothing, but they're going to jump on Facebook and decree and declare uh, $15,000 for whoever's listening. Are you kidding me? Everything I'm expecting from God, I've got it already. And in fact, your 15,000 is cheap. That ain't going to do nothing but get me in 15,000 worth of trouble, right, Poppy? <laughs> we gonna, we going to have to get up into three figures, six figures here before we get excited. So virtue, that's what you have. See, virtue comes alongside of faith. See, because that evil report knocked a hole in your stomach, whether you know it or not. And what the virtue says, uh-uh, don't quit. Uh-uh, virtue says, uh uh-uh, you hold on. Props you right back up. Amen. Takes that pain right out of you. So no, we going forward. That don't mean nothing. Pay no attention to that. We still good in here. Amen. So it's a moral strength. It's we've made a decision. Morality says we've already made a decision and we're sticking with it. Amen. That's a moral thing. It's integrity. It's you said it already. Don't you believe it yet? You got me? We said it and we're sticking with it. We don't go back on our word. Amen. You know, it's like kids in the in the schoolyard. You say, uh, you know, so-and-so, they say something bad to you. You say, take it back. They say, I ain't taking it back. They get busted in the jaw, but they held to their word. See, I give that kid more credit than one to take it back and run home crying. He might live to fight another day, but what kind of, and morally, where is his stand? What's he really believing enough to take a a hit on the jaw and then get up and come back and fight another day? Do you got me? Of course, most of us were runners. We know that, but we toughen it up now. Amen. So virtue really is a moral, it's moral strength. It's I said it. I meant it. I'm not going back on it. Devil, you can't make me quit believing. You can't make me take it back. You can't make me believe I'm sick. You can't make me stop serving God. You can't make me stop seeking more from God. You can't make me do it. See, that's what virtue is. And it sticks, it causes you to stick by that word, I don't care. They can be throwing dirt on you and you still confessing you healed. You got me right? So this, this is how we live as believers, but that won't happen. You know it won't happen. So anyway, God is, is wanting us to understand how to make this, the faith that we are using really produce. This is how it really produces for you. So we said Noah had that kind of faith, amen? And Noah was able to set up a covenant, a no-fail covenant with his faith. If you look at Genesis chapter 8 real quick, Noah began to declare about the ark or about the rain that was coming, and he was preparing an ark. Now, we don't get details about what he preached, but he said he was a preacher of righteousness, that's what the Bible says. He was a righteous person. He was able to save he and his whole family. Why? He was a man of virtue. He was a man of moral courage. Why? Because even when people were doubting and making fun of him, he continued to build the ark. Even though it had not rained yet, he had, con- he continued to build where nothing, there was no evidence in the natural that any of that was going to happen. He took God's word for it. And God told him, you start doing this because your family's going to need a refuge. I'm going to save you and your family. I'm going to destroy this whole world. Everybody's going, except you. Now, number one, being exceptional would make most of us faint. But you faint once and you get up and you start building. You start obeying God. There's an unction inside of you. And so Noah's faith was preserved through the flood. And what did Noah believe? He was a man of virtue. He believed for the impossible when there was no evidence anything was ever going to happen. And because of that, God blessed Noah from in, in his second beginning after the flood, Noah and his family are come out of the ark and God puts a rainbow in the sky and he says this. He said, while the earth remains, he said, as long as the earth is here, Seed, time, harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. So what God is saying is, he said, as long as the earth remains, your faith is going to work. As long as the earth is here, anybody who's moving in faith, it's going to produce a harvest. What God is saying is never too late to start sowing seed to get something good to happen in your life. You got incurable disease, the doctor says you're not going to live long, it's never too late. Seed time and harvest, it's, you see a day coming up and a night going down, that means you got time to sow your seed and it's going to come forth in the form of your healing and your health. See, that'll never cease. What that tells me is, God, it's never too late. Somebody's on a deathbed. And there's somebody scared to go pray for them. They say they really on their last leg. Seed time and harvest principle is involved here. As long as the earth remains, you can go sow that seed of healing into that person's body. You can lay hands on that person and God will cause them to recover. Well, I prayed for them and what happened? They looked better. They said they felt better. That's their healing. That's the seed. The seed went in teach them how to feed the seed. Leave them plugged up to some scripture. Put a scripture on the wall. Let them re- remember it day and night. Friend of mine, her daughters did that for her. She lived another 20 years with a, a 30% of functioning in her heart. Not even supposed to be able to walk. How you live 20 years when they put those scriptures all over her hospital bed while the doctors were coming in, giving her an evil report and telling her she couldn't live without this procedure and that procedure. She said, "Um, no, I think I won't do the procedure. I think I'll look at my wall. And when I got home, I look at my Bible. And when my family's around me, they speak the word over me every day. You understand what I'm saying? She and her husband were, her husband's still alive now. She has passed away a couple of years ago. She lived well into her, close to 80, I think, or beyond. You understand what I'm saying? God will do that if you don't quit. But you gotta add some virtue. You can't be a mealy mouth confessor. You gotta add something to your faith. Cause it will be challenged. Cause it's supposed to be challenged. Because it can withstand the challenge. Amen? If somebody wants to be the heavyweight champion of the world, you don't get there by turning down challengers. You gotta accept some of them or you ain't no kind of champion. You're a champion in name only. You wanna be one for real. So we are champions over all the works of darkness, folks. You gotta add stuff to your faith. You gotta have virtue. Virtue is this. You get a no answer and you're not moved. Everybody, you know what? You can say amen, but when push comes to shove, you most people don't even know what I'm talking about. You go, they tell you, you all excited. You go put an application in for a house or a car, whatever you're looking. And they tell you, no, you go home and mope for a whole month, a whole week. Me or Pastor Shirley got to call you up and dig you out from under your blankets. Now, say amen. See, ain't nobody saying amen to that. Now, that's the truth. It's been the truth for me. That's everybody's truth. So don't play me up in here. Well, give me that happy talk about amen when you hear the scripture and then when you, and it just happened to you too, right? Um. <laughs> See, be glad I didn't go to the Y. You would have missed that. That's the biggest helper you got all day today. You have to locate where you are. Correct yourself. You see, very few people will get up the same day and go to the next car dealership and put another application. Most of us have to go home, think about it. What happened? I don't know what's wrong. I thought for sure I was going to get it. We go lick our wounds. And when that starts to be fun to you, you take another day to do that some more. That's not virtue. Virtue is diligently standing. And saying, it's still mine. I don't care how many wrong answers. Only thing keep me from going putting in another application is they close the office. And when they do that, I'm going to leave a message on the voicemail. Write it down. It's new to you. Write it down. Noah's promise that God made to him means every seed sown will bring a harvest. No matter what you sow and when you sow, it will bring a harvest. So that means we should be in a hurry to sow seed. It's going to bring a harvest. It can't bring nothing with you holding it in your hand or looking at it, looking for a confirmation you need to sow it. The only thing you can do with seed is sow it. So get it in the ground as soon as possible. And keep sowing it. Keep sowing on top of sowing. So be aggressive. Diligence means you are aggressive in sowing seed on purpose. Oh, I got, they say my, my blood sugar is 700. I'm still healed. I'm still healed. I'm still healed. That's how you do it. I'm still healed. You're fighting back. Virtue makes you know in whom you believe. Oh, this is God's word I'm using. This ain't just something I'm making up. Are you kidding me? I'm still healed. You got me? Reflect on whose word that is. Reflect on it works no matter who says it and how they say it. There's a need to say it in faith. So you add virtue. That's a a strength that covers every situation. A strength that won't waver no matter what comes after it. A strength that won't just uh, uh, lay dormant. It will come back again. You know, now there are situations where people, I mean, they're hard situations. Some things you hear, they're so bad. I'm not talking about some big catastrophe. Some things that happen, they're bad. You got to lay down for a minute. But lay down with God's word. You know, uh, Henry Groover was, was bleeding constantly. And he said the only thing he could do, he said, the Bible, he said, I kept that Bible that I had throughout that illness, he said, because I would break out into sweats. He said, my whole Bible was damp. He said, the, the backing of it loosened, the glue on the back loosened up from his perspiration. He said, I couldn't pick it up to read it, but I held on to the word of God. That's virtue, folks. He's not looking for some miracle cure. He's got it already. He's already healed, but he's allowing God to develop him so that he knows the manifestation will come. He knows it'll come. This is what we know when we believe God. You know it'll come. God's not playing with us. This is real. This is more real than anything you could ever imagine. Amen? So so you don't want your seed to be a, a, a sown on the wayside. You know, you want it to be intent on purpose. No, uh-uh, I'm healed anyway. I'm still healed. I'm healed, period. Amen. You want it to be like that. You don't want to be, by his stripes, I'm healed. By him, I'm just healed. I'm I'm healed by his stripes. I'm healed, I'm healed by his stripes. I'm healed. God got me. You know, we didn't even quit saying the word. God got me. What's that mean? That ain't the problem, is it? Do you got God? If you're trusting His Word, that means you do have Him. Amen? This is, don't put all the responsibility on God for everything. He's allowing us to get involved for a reason. He wants us to develop in Him. So then add to that knowledge. You gotta add more to, oh, I thought that was all. No! You gotta keep going. Add to your virtue knowledge. Get you another, another tape to listen to. Listen to the same tape over, listen to this one over again. Get as much knowledge off of this as you can. Tomorrow morning, listen to the one on the radio broadcast. Tonight, look at that, the Facebook post. Amen. Everybody say, what's that? Quit taking selfies and trying to get people to say you look cute again. And you know, we said that already. So add knowledge to your virtue. God will send you knowledge in so many different ways. The best way I know is in the service that you attend regularly. Have your faith feelers out to grab more. You know, always grab more and then listen to it over again. There's no excuse for people not believing. We have so much free stuff that we can listen to over and over and over again. So, so now that the gospel really is free, there's no reason, and God's, that's why God's causing us, holding us to know more. He's making us responsible to know more, not less. So the faith you used last year to get everything you needed, you gotta add to that now. It's just true. Amen? So, so in all diligence, that means don't quit. Don't be casual. Be purposeful. Be intent on it. Most people get that intensity In their faith through worship. You begin to worship and you pray in tongues and you get intense. Amen. You be diligent. That's the igniter that ignites your spirit and gives your spirit strength to hold on to what you're hearing. I'm going to say it again. Worship and praying in the spirit. Give your spirit the strength to hold on to what it hears. Do you realize a lot of what you hear just goes by you? You can't absorb everything in one in a sermon. You can get some nuggets and some jewels, but there was a whole lot more preached you need to go grab. So you pray in the Holy Ghost. You go listen to it again. You say, God, I got to get this. You ever done that? I have. I said, God, I got to get this. I'm not coming away until I get this. Be determined. Don't be scared. You know, I don't know what's wrong, but I sure don't want to know because I don't think I can fix it. No, you gotta listen to God. It's already fixed. You just gotta pick up what you need. This answers the question, what am I doing wrong? Told you wouldn't like the answer. That's why God don't tell you. He makes you go fish for it. Once you start fishing for it in the Bible and once you start looking for it, that's when he shows up and answers you. When you pursue him. He's not going to give you. You casual asking. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. That means you don't want to know. When you say, God, it's somebody right here and it's me and I want it fixed. I'm determined to fix it. That's when he'll start responding to you. Okay. Well, if you've never been there, go there. Amen. All diligence. Add to your faith knowledge, virtue, add to your faith virtue, knowledge, temperance. That means self-control. Don't, don't take a day off. See, this is what that means. You want to take a day off, go get in the flesh. I just had to go uh, to a movie. I just had to break away for a little bit. I just had, no, you don't. You can stay with this. I feel like my mind is going to explode. Well, you almost there. Once it busts right open, you know, you've arrived. My right poppy. What am I saying here? I'm just trying to flow with it. You know, I'm trying to, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm out here. I'm trying to hit every Ball that comes to me, you understand what I'm saying? Some of them are high, some of them low, some are right over the middle of the plate, and some of you know it's. there's some fast balls, and there's some that's lingering out there. They ain't even got here yet. But I'm swinging at all of them. We gonna get there. We gonna get there. Amen. Temperance means you sow, sow only to the spirit. You don't have time for nonsense. You don't have time for a break. You don't have time to be tired. You don't have not time or or question when are you gonna have something? You don't have time for that. Self control means that you don't ask a lot of crazy questions and waste your mental energy, your spiritual energy on that kind of stuff. Other and add to that godliness. Oh Lord, you mean I I can't you can't even have a slip of a tongue. Amen. Stay with what God is doing in you. You don't need a flesh break. You don't need to exercise your flesh. I know it wants exercise bad, but you gotta starve something in order for something else to grow. That's like a weed in your garden. Why would you want to feed a weed? Amen? You'll pluck him out. Treat him like he's not there. Amen? So, 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 most of these virtues, the first five of these, these, uh, things that you, uh, spiritual forces that you have are between you and God. Then there's three more that are between you and man. So not only do you add all these spiritual forces that strengthen your full, your, your faith and, and strengthen your spirit man, but now you've got to love your fellow man. You gotta add, uh, add brotherly love. Amen. You got to add all of the fruit of the spirit to this in order for your faith to work. You mean to tell me I I got to do more than just confess the word? What did I just what did we just spend an hour on? You got to whole have a whole life in God. See, this is where people make their mistake. They get they want to do one thing and then gain the whole world through this one thing. God wants us to have a life in him. You might have a a promise on hold just because you haven't been working on loving somebody. And forgiving people. In fact, God said, don't even bother to come to me if you can't forgive your brother. Leave your gift. He said, I don't want your tithe that you think is so moving such muscle in in your life. So wonderful. Don't ever build anything up as the only thing that's getting you over in God. You got to do more than that. He says, "You got to sow brotherly love." Where I'm at, it's number Second 2 Peter 2, uh, one six. Okay, he says, "Godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity or love." You got to love everybody. That means forgiving people. It's amazing how what a, a block in your your progress that a a negative attitude about somebody. We'll put there. You start loosening up on that. And you start expecting things to change. You know, you have situations like in your, in your household, in your family with, with people. I'm gonna give you this because there are many people I could, I could give you testimonies, but I don't want point fingers at people that I know. You understand what I'm saying? So we'll go outside of that. But understand what causes your breakthrough. In these situations where you have family members, um, the late um, uh, oh gosh, Jack Hayford, thank you Lord, Jack Hayford had a situation. He said he had a brother-in-law, and he said he prayed for him for for him to be saved for many years. He said there's no change. He said and, and he would get around him. He said it grieved everybody in the family. You know everybody saved, it, you know, loving God and and and. In all of that. But he was like the odd person, black sheep, sinner, typical sinner, nobody loved him. And, and, and God said, I'm waiting on you, Jack, he won't get saved because I'm waiting on you to forgive him and love him. And he said he never, you know, majesty worship. <laughs> he wrote that. You understand what I'm saying? These highfalutin worship people. But you can make a mistake in your personal walk. You can know people by the flesh too much. You can focus too much on what's wrong with them and never try to see them the way God sees them. God said, saw this poor man saved all this time. And he said, until you forgive him, I can't save him. Do you hear what I said? Forgiving people that brotherly love. Feel good about that person. Allow yourself to feel good about I, That was one thing I learned about love. That means you feel good about people. See, once you, when you abide in, in what they're doing wrong, and that's all you can ever see, and you start, your mind starts building that up, you, it performs, it, it's a block to anything spiritual. It'll block other things that you want in your life. And, and Jack confesses that he said a whole breakthrough happened in their family. When this man got saved. And he said, it did. He said, maybe a month, couple weeks or a month, this man was in church asking for the Lord. Do you understand me? When God tells you something, you be thankful. He's, God, I thank you for showing me that because I thought I was doing everything right. We all do. Everybody's guilty of that sin. I thought I was doing things right. I'm so sorry. I see that now. I see I'm hating this man and I'm expecting you to save him and I got to love this man. See brotherly love. Why, that's why I say they say love is the greatest. The Bible tells you that it's a great. It'll move things where you saw thought something couldn't move. You will start seeing people like God see them. God. Let's, let me see this people the way person the way you see them. Let me let me do that, and let me understand what it's like not to hold grudges, to be beyond a grudge-holding person. Let me be that person. That you can depend on to walk in love and walk in the spirit and, and you can, you can trust me. Trust my words more. My words will have more power. And I tell you one thing, you get ick, ick, ick out of your heart. Your words will be so powerful. It'll shock you. You'll say, I didn't believe all that was in there. Amen. It, it, because it will block it. It's a guarantee. You get it out of the way, everything will flow. And it's all good. So, so brotherly love, all of these, these, these spiritual forces work toward people. Don't reverse them. Don't put people first and God second. It's the other problem we have. We schmooze people and Want people being nice to people? Why? So you can get something out of the deal. This is something you're doing for God. This is something you're doing that's going to advance the kingdom. So, so you can unshackle your faith this way. If there's something that you're still waiting on as far as God is concerned, go down the list and see. God, am I adding virtue to it? Am I, am I steadfast in the face of adversity? Am I allowing adversity to sway me? Am I getting in a bad mood because it didn't happen the first time? You know, that should be a a clue to all of us. If it didn't happen the first time, guess what? You got to do it over again. You get do-overs are good. If you let it it work for you, do-over will help you. Amen. It'll show you what you lack. It'll show you where you're tricking yourself and thinking you're doing so much. You ever been there? I do everything for them. I understand why they don't do nothing for me. Cause you just you just told on yourself. You're not doing this as unto the Lord. You're doing it as unto you. Amen. You're looking for something when you give. When you work for God, you don't look for anything. You just are shocked when it comes through. God, God maybe will sometime take you aside and say, well, see, because you did that, what I told you to do. So you just trying to encourage us. He said, I was able to do this for you. Amen. And this, this is how we live. He'll explain things to you, but until you get to that point where you're totally focused on what makes your faith work. What takes it from just sitting inside of your spirit to producing great things in your life, producing a a successful business, producing a successful family, producing the the property that you want to have, producing the bank accounts you want to have? What takes you from there to there? It's what you add to your faith, that you keep working on it. That you say to God, God, I'm gonna get this. The day you say that, you, if you think that, that God doesn't get happy with some of the things that we, we say, I got news for you. That makes him very happy. You'll see him start to move things out of way and bring you knowledge, information, words of knowledge, prophecy come out of nowhere. You know, I, I was down at Billy Burke. I was there. I just, you know, God said go. And I was thinking, I said, "Well, well." And he had told us ahead of time. He said, "This this man of God, I want to promote him." He said, "You're going to help me with that." And he had a sow into his ministry money. Let your money go before you. Don't go someplace first and then find out if you ought to give the money. You heard from God already. You know, you you sow that that financial seed, and and. I just, I told the Lord, I said, well, I do want to see more healings. I want to have my whole list of stuff I wanted God to do for me there. What's well, the first thing he gives me a prophecy about where the ministry's going? That was locked up until I got obedient. Well, you're a prophet. You can hear from God. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> like he worked for me. You know, if he tell me to crawl through nails to go get a word to go to that, with that one, I'll have to do that. I just can't make it come to me. Amen. This ain't magic. It's faith, folks. All right. Why do we quit? Y'all still here? Anybody bleeding out there? I don't know. Poppy, what you think? What you thinking? We all right. Everybody's still alive. Praise God. Amen. Faith talk will do you good. Amen. We got to go beyond just the confession, folks. That's too easy. Too simple. Couldn't be that simple. Because we have a life with God. He'll whiff wholesome things just so he can hear you say, Father, I love you. Try it. Just see if that don't work. See if that won't open up some doors that have been closed to you. He loves us with an everlasting love. He wants to do us good. He can't do it if we're living at a distance from Him. He does the most good for us when we're up close, which is where we don't want to be most of the time. We just want our stuff and run. Just give me a doggy bag. We live in a doggy bag generation. Nobody wants to sit down and dine with anybody. Amen. Use your bad table manners. Let them see you. You know, when you eat by yourself, you have your mouth all open. You gotta close your mouth. Come on now. Father wants us to have good table manners when we come to dine with Him. We're dining at the finest. Amen. He knows you're all nervous and everything. He good with that. Be good with your little shakiness, your little, you need to be nervous. Cause He's an awesome God. He takes us all by surprise in something. If He don't, if he don't blow your mind with something, you haven't met him yet. He should have blown your mind when you got saved. Amen? So he wants to blow it up further. You know, we still, we still in shock from the last blessing we got. And he's got more lined up for us besides. Amen? Go back and visit again. Go back to the throne room. Talk to him some more. Let him talk to you and tell, tell you some of the things he has in store for you. Amen? Yeah, see, that's the problem. If I go talking to God, he might give me something, too. He might tell me something wrong with me. Well, you know, but he'll tell you what's right with you, too. Hey Amen. He's a good father. Hey Amen. I had a father that, that drank a lot of alcohol, but you would catch him in the right mood. He'd prophesy over you. You you didn't live in my household and not feel good about yourself. If that happened to you, it's because you wanted it that way. You understand what I'm saying? You fought words that were spoken over you by authority in your life. See, his words had more power than we'll ever believe. Amen. He did. He would tell us things like he said, he would point out, wouldn't he, Pastor Shirley, point out all of our strengths. And all just like you You read the book of Genesis. You read uh Israel prophesying to his, Jacob prophesying all this stuff. That's what he did. Alcohol and all. Amen. And that, that drunk don't stop God from speaking when he knows your children need it. So, And let me tell you parents something. Wherever your kids are now, it's not your fault. Don't get this blame thing on you. Don't ever get that. And don't blame other parents for their children. Amen. God's responsible for us all. Because He can pull the best out of you and He can pull the worst out of you. Your kids belong to God, even now. They're His property. And just continue to believe the best for us. Don't stop and try to figure out, well, what did I do? Where did I miss? Don't do that to yourself. Don't do that. Don't take God's job away from you. Because he is yet developing them into what they are to be. Give him time. Amen. Oh, but Pastor Barb, they excited to give him time. They this age, give him time. They're they they grown enough to be so-and-so. Give them time. Seed time and harvest is still in operation as long as the earth remains. So good seed into your offspring. Believe that they're excellent. Believe that they're perfected. Believe that they're mighty on the earth. Believe they'll never beg. You don't have to feed them. They won't beg. Quit trying to do God's job. He knows how to get them to find bread. Amen. Mama feed them all the time. They'll never be excellent. Just let them go. Let God have them. God, you wake me up and tell me when they need prayer. Amen. I'm going to quit fretting and I'm going to quit worrying. Just go quit. But keep loving them. Keep expecting good. Amen. Keep expecting them to do well, to be mighty upon the earth. Now my kids aren't pushovers, they're mighty. And start calling that might forth. Amen? Call it forth. Amen. It's there. Just call it forth. Amen? Praise God.